Welcome to Tabernacle of Praise, Church of God in Christ, where we believe in encouraging, empowering, and equipping people to live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us now as we enter into our worship experience. We pray that this service will be a blessing to you and your life. Come on, somewhere there was a disconnect, but if you can just say, every time I turn around, hallelujah, the Lord continues to keep blessing me. Hallelujah, that is a part of my testimony. Hallelujah, in spite of the thing that we go through, it's an amazing deal that even in the time of great testing, God still has a way of blessing us to keep us, hallelujah, on the right track, to keep us moving forward, hallelujah, not regressing or moving backward. Would you help me to appreciate the Tabernacle of Praise Sanctuary Choir? Would you just touch some, well, we can't touch people, but would you just kind of get somebody's attention and just tell them something good is going to happen to you this week. Something good is going to happen to you this week. And the reason why I believe I can say that is because the Lord is getting ready to talk you into getting your feet wet. We'll talk about that in just a moment. I'd like to direct your attention to the word of the Lord this morning, the book of St. Matthew, a familiar passage, chapter 24, uh, no, uh, chapter 14, rather, Matthew chapter 14. I don't know why I want to say 24. It's 14. It really is 14. And uh, the verses that we'd like to to cover so we don't have to preach so much of verses 22 through 33, a familiar passage of scripture to most, um, but a great challenge lies within this passage for the believer on today. And I realize that many of us have the ability to talk the talk, but I believe God wants us to walk the walk. And you'll catch that later. From Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. I invite you to read along, even speak along with me, but I want to begin reading. And it says, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, 
Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Pause right there. The sea that was contrary. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them saying, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, modern day language, if it's really you, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, Jesus, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water, pause, that was contrary to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, beginning to sink. He cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come unto the ship, the wind ceased. And they that were in the ship came and worshiped him, Jesus, saying of a truth, thou art the son of God. And the word of the Lord is blessed. We're going to pray, but I want you, if you even have to shout it across from, but if you don't, if there's somebody with an earshot, just say to them, getting your feet wet is worth the risk. Getting your feet wet is worth the risk. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we honor you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this opportunity, God, to address these, your people. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would take control now. We realize that we are nothing more than a conduit, a vessel by which you want to communicate your thoughts, your will, your commands to your people. Have your way now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Have your way, God. Hallelujah. Touch our hearts stir up our minds oh god convict us in our spirit god to give us to understand and know god that there's a kind of blessing oh god that you have in store for each and every one if they're willing to take certain risk ask now lord jesus that you would move in the midst of your people god we're on the we're on the brink we're on the precipice of a great outpouring of your spirit Show us your hand now, God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Move in the midst of your people. Let your power and your glory be revealed in us so that the world would know that we serve a great and a mighty God. Lord, we give you glory and praise and thanksgiving in advance because we know that you're going to do just what you've purposed to do on today. And so we give you glory and honor now. We put our mouths on it, oh God. We put our hands together. God, to give you glory, to thank you 
for the push. Thank you for the prodding. Thank you for the unction, oh God. In the name of Jesus, have your way in this place. God, and we'll give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. We say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, before you take your seat, just give God a rousing applause. Hallelujah. Thank him in advance for what he's going to do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You may be seated. In some ways, the high point of this story of Peter uh, comes, at least as far as I'm concerned, in the middle of this passage. It is contained in a single phrase where Peter starts walking on the water by, the, by a one-word command from God that in the midst of turbulence in a boisterous sea, Peter has the nerve enough, and I like him. I like him. I can hardly wait to get to heaven. After I see Jesus, he's the next person I'm looking up because I like him. I like risk takers. I like people that provoke me because naturally I'm not a risk taker. I'm calculating, but, but I enjoy seeing people, glory to God, that are willing to take risk and it causes me and motivates me to want to take risk. And so I want to see him. There are other parts to this story uh, that, that make this story up. The storm, the fear that came as a result perhaps as Peter is walking on the water. It's denoted here in the story. Uh, uh, the, the fear that actually perhaps was experienced by those individuals that were still in the boat. And then... Uh, uh, a, a failure sometimes to, to actually critique what actually took place. These are all important parts of the story and we learn from them because all of us are familiar with many of these parts of this story. All of us are familiar with storms that come in our lives. All of us are familiar with fear. All of us have some degree of association with failure. We know what it means to fail, but, but these experiences are not the whole story. Because in the middle of this passage, the remarkable thing takes place. That Peter actually walks on water. And Peter knew the joy and the freedom of experiencing the power of God. And if we don't come away with anything else, the well, one thing that I want to help provoke each and every one of us is to get to the place to where we provoke the power of God so that we might experience the joy of knowing, hallelujah, what it is to be victorious through the power of God. Why have the Holy Ghost if you don't ever experience the power of the Holy Ghost? I think perhaps that during these moments, Peter was perhaps storing up memories 
that he would be able to, to, to talk about the rest of his life, to carry all the way to the grave, hallelujah, to actually experience this moment where you feel somehow, hallelujah, water under your feet and your, your feet aren't going through the water, but somehow it's solid underneath you. The rush of the wind in your face, uh, the, the startled look on the face of the other disciples that was still in the boat. And I wonder what was going on in Peter's thought in his mind. And I allowed myself to try to put myself in his position. And I would just think that maybe he was thinking, I can't believe it. Nobody thought I would actually get out of the boat. Uh, I didn't think I would get out of the boat. And when I let go of the side of the boat, and it was one of the hardest things that I ever had to do was to let go and let God. I was afraid that I would drown. And yet I found myself actually doing what Jesus was doing. I said I was doing what Jesus was doing. I don't know how this works. I'm not walking any differently than I normally walk, yet something or someone is holding me up. And the unique thing here is that an experience with the Lord Jesus like this, it's one that you never ever will forget. And some of us need to have a kind of experience with God, not with the church, but an experience with God that we will never, ever forget. The kind that's so unforgettable that we have to build a monument around it, that we have to give it a special day in our lives so that we never, ever forget. I believe that one of the other significant things that happens in this whole experience is that there, there, there must have been the look of, of ecstasy and joy on the face of Jesus Christ because one of his subjects had the unmitigated gall to trust him enough to experience, to release a kind of faith that would allow them to go against nature. And at the command, at a one-word command, come, be willing to take a risk. Getting out of the boat was Peter's gift to Jesus Christ. The experience of being able to walk on the water like Jesus did was Jesus' gift to Peter. And most of us love hearing messages about how powerful God is. The scripture is full of these kind of images that reassure us 
that God is our rock. He's our fortress. That the Lord is a strong tower. Hallelujah. The righteous run in and we are saved. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. He's the warrior over all warriors. He makes the clouds. Hallelujah. His chariot. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He whispers and the thunder rolls. He makes the earth tremble at just a look and he makes the mountain smoke hallelujah just by a touch and he raises his voice and the entire earth rejoices I love to read about how Jesus's confidence overcame the disciples fear once in a different story about a different boat a tremendous storm was raging and Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship asleep and they had to wake him up. Jesus was not afraid at all. He just went to the side of the boat and said, peace, be still. Just the image of Jesus being in the boat and watching a man walk on water, go against nature in the midst of a violent storm, not on calm waters, but in the midst of a boisterous sea. And then calm it with a whisper. Most of us love to hear these stories. Most of us, when we hear these stories, it conjures up images about how powerful the God is that we serve. How powerful the God is that we serve. But there is a problem because information alone is not enough to create saints who are courageous enough to go where Jesus goes, to do what Jesus does. To believe what Jesus says about us. Hallelujah. He says, the works that I do, you shall do also. And greater works shall you do because I go away and I send you the Holy Ghost. Problem is, uh, not enough of us believe what God said. To the point that we're, we're, that we're willing to do what God is asking us to do. I can receive much information designed to assure me that God's power is sufficient for me. But the information alone does not transform the situation or my life situation. It doesn't, it doesn't completely do what it's supposed to do unless I allow it to get into my heart and to become a part of my character. In order for such a transformation to take place, certain actions and experiences are required. Makes me think about when Moses died and the people were wondering if God was going to continue to care for them the same way that he cared for them when Moses was alive. The Lord says to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. Only be strong and courageous. Be not afraid, be not dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with you whithersoever thou goest. 
And so the children of Israel had crossed the Red Sea. Hallelujah. With Moses. But it's a new day. Elder Thames, Joshua's in charge right now. And God said to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. The only difference is uh, when Moses parted the Red Sea, everybody went in on dry land. Moses had to part it first. But when they got to the Jordan River under the leadership of Joshua, the Lord told Joshua to tell the priest to go in before and put their foot in the water to actually get their feet wet. And if you get your feet wet, you'll see the glory of God. The Bible says, when the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, uh, the Lord of all the earth, uh, rest in the water of Jordan, uh, the water of the Jordan uh, flowing uh, from, a, from, 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 from where, whatever direction it was flowing, it stopped. It didn't part. It just all stopped on one side. When the priest put their foot in the water, in other words, God wants us to experience his power. But there's an action that we have to take. There's a first step that must take place. This not only involves the mental acknowledgement of God's power, but it requires the believer to take a step of action uh, after understanding and knowing what the word of God says and it's based on the assumption that we can trust God to perform his word uh, even when we can't see our way. But the thing that has to happen, uh, would you tell somebody, you got to get your feet wet first. Here is a powerful question. And I heard it some years ago before we started to build this church. And it helped me to know whether I was getting out of the boat in my own life or whether I was trying to play it too safe. The Lord said to me, what are you doing that you could not do apart from the power of God? That's a question you can ask your own self. What am I doing? What am I attempting to do? What is the dream that God has given me that, that I am attempting uh, to perform? Uh, and can I do it in my own strength? Or do I need the power of God? If you were to ask Peter that question, the answer would have been very simple and straightforward. It was clear that the only way that Peter was able to walk on the water and stay afloat, that it, God had to at some point take over. See, some of you don't realize it, but some of you really are water walkers. You didn't catch that. Some of you really are water walkers. How do I know that you're walker, water walkers? Because in some area of your life, you are still afloat. 
Hallelujah. The devil thought he was going to drown you. He was going to take you out. But you're still afloat. Hallelujah. You're still living. You're still making it. You're still going forward. Why? Because God has taken over. That's a great place to praise God right there. If you know that it's God that is keeping you going. Uh, God, that's got you lifted up. It's God that helps keep your head together. If there's not a challenge somewhere in your life, if there's not a challenge somewhere in your life that's so large that there's no hope of accomplishing it apart from God's help, then you need to reconsider the possibility that you are seriously underchallenged. If you want to walk on water, you've got to be willing to get your feet wet. And when you get your feet wet and you begin to see God work, then you'll be able to say that it's worth the risk. Hallelujah. It's worth looking bad. Hallelujah. Because even if I go down a little bit, I know that God is going to pick me up and take me through. See, when I take risk, when I take the risk of giving generously, then I discover, hallelujah, that, that God can trust me. And God said, hallelujah, if you give, I'll give back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. But you've got to take the risk first. When I take the risk of confessing my faults one to another, hallelujah, because the God said, if I do that, uh, hallelujah, then I will be healed. But you've got to take the risk. You've got to be willing to put your foot in the water first and take that risk. Uh, hallelujah, being transparent to see the glory of the Lord when I risk using my God-given spiritual or natural gifts. Glory to God, I can, I can understand that at some point God's going to take over and I'm going to be used by him. I, I'm going to see that God is getting the glory out of my life. But if I play it safe, I'll never see God uh, move in my life the way that he would if I would be willing to take the risk. Somebody needs to take a risk. God generally helps our faith to grow by asking us to do something that under normal circumstances we wouldn't feel comfortable in doing. But he says, I want you to take this first step. You know the old song, if you take one step, he'll take two. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, I, I want to revise that the lyrics. If you take one step, he'll take over. <laughs> Moses discovered that God was faithful, but Moses had to take a first step by picking up the staff that God told him to pick up. Over and over in scripture, we see these things taking place. 
But, but God asked Moses to do something that he was uncomfortable doing. He understood some of the culture that was there in Egypt. And when God said for him to take the staff that he had and throw it down, and when he saw that it, when he threw it down that it became a serpent, Moses got nervous. Because he knew that the Egyptians really honored serpents. And serpents were considered to be quite poisonous. And so when God says to Moses, now I want you to pick it up by the tail. Moses had to think about that thing first. But ultimately, he would take the first step and he grabbed it by the tail and it returned to being a staff. And so we see this kind of thing happen over and over and over in Scripture. Naaman had to wash himself seven times in the Jordan before he was healed of leprosy. He had to take a first step. Gideon had to whittle down his army from 32,000 to 300 before God would deliver them over the Midianites. A child had to give up his lunch two fish and five loaves of bread before it would be multiplied to feed 5,000. A lame man had to be willing to pick up his own bed that he had been laying on and pick it up before he'd gain strength back in his legs. It will usually, this thing will usually begin with us taking some form of action and doing it by faith, trusting God enough to take a step of obedience. I don't know who I'm talking to, but on the other side of your obedience, on the other side of your risk-taking is one of the greatest blessings that you'll ever know. But you'll never realize it until you are willing to get out of the boat and take the risk of getting your foot wet. Are there any risk-takers in here? I can't hear anybody. Is there anybody that's willing that the thing that's in front of you is worth taking the risk? So if we're going to experience a greater measure of God's power, and that's really what I want to experience, I praise God for all the benefits, uh, hallelujah, but I want God uh, to show us his glory, show us his power, do something, uh, hallelujah, that blows the mind uh, of people that are watching so that they'll know that it didn't have anything to do with modern medicine. It didn't have anything to do with technology. It didn't have anything to do with a genius. It had everything to do with the power of God. <laughs> Simply acknowledging information about God's power is not enough. We have to be willing to go farther Often at key moments in our lives, the Lord is saying to us, I, I want you to go farther. I want you to take a risk. I want you to do something that you haven't done before. I want you to do something that's outside your comfort level. 
Okay? I want you to do that. And if you do it, I am going to show you my glory. And so we have to be willing. I, I mean, I mean, most of us uh, understand risk-taking. I don't know why it is when we come to having to have to believe God that we, that we, that we step back, that we clam up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If we really do believe God, then we have to be willing to take a risk. You know, like we did when, mother, when we came out here, out in the great Northwest. Everybody else was on the west side. They said, don't go out there. No one, nobody come. But you have to be willing to take a risk. Take a risk with 75 people. God blessed us to build an edifice. And now there's more than 75. And we praise God. Hallelujah. And I'm hopeful that, 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 that you all will be willing to take another risk with me before I die. Because I want to build another building. We got the land. We just need somebody to come alongside and say, yes, we can do it. Because I believe I'm, I'm, I'm leading a bunch of risk takers, folks, that believe God, that have the ability to believe God above and beyond what you can actually see with your own eyes. But, but, but all of us are risk takers, whether we realize it or not. No parent knows the entire cost of raising a child in this world. You take a risk. No couple fully understands the height of the joy or the depth of heartbreak that marriage will hold for them, and thank God we don't know in advance, until you actually get there and start doing it. And every morning you wake up and you take a risk because in many cases you don't know what's on the other person's mind. You're just praying, God, help us to make it through another day. Because when they said, I do, it set certain things in motion and the adventure began to unfold, understanding that their lives would be changed forever. And I believe an important reason why God is so, so often asking us to take first steps has to do with the nature of our faith and how our faith needs to grow. And I just believe that God has strategically placed certain individuals here that have had to actually take this first step principle and see it work in their lives so that you can help communicate it to everybody else. So I'm not the only one, hallelujah, that's leading the charge. Most people wish at certain points in their lives that they, they have more faith. And one of the reasons why we don't have more faith is because we don't allow ourselves to be in positions where we have to exercise more faith. Most of us like it comfortable. Most of us like it familiar. But if you're going to be a waller walker, if you're going to be a risk taker, if you're going to be increased in faith, at some point, uh, hallelujah, you've got to go beyond what's comfortable. What's familiar? What's easy? 
and, and, and really allow God to put you in some situations where you really do have to say, God, if you don't bring me out, I'm not going to make it. Hallelujah. If you don't come through, uh, this is going to be a failed attempt. But we will never know that until we try God. Hallelujah. I, look, just look at Peter. None of the rest of the, uh, of the disciples had the presence of mind to say, Lord, if that's really you. If that's really you. Okay. Bid me to come and do what you're doing. Is there anybody that's asking the Lord, Lord, enable me to do what you do. Enable me to speak the way that you speak. Help me to demonstrate power like you demonstrate power. Since you say the power is on the inside of me, let's see it. Let's play show and tell. Because we understand that God is faithful. And, and one of the things that keeps us from getting to the place to where we'll be willing to take risks is that is we don't allow ourselves to know God better. We don't know enough about God personally. We like to have everybody else's experience and hear about it. We like to read about it and praise God we have it in Scripture so that we have a point of reference. But nothing takes the place of you having a one-on-one -on -one experience with God where he has to show himself strong in your life. And the way that we get to know that God is trustworthy is we have to start taking risk and obey him. A man writes about a father who comes to Jesus and asks Jesus to help him if you can. Help me if you can. And Jesus says, allow me to use my imagination, if I can. Did you know that all things are possible if you can believe? It's not whether I can or not. It's whether you believe or not. I know you're saying it. I know that you understand that it's written. But do you really believe what you say? And so the man says, I believe. But help thou my unbelief. Like most of us, he was a mixture of trust and doubt. And you might ask the question, and I'm getting ready to close. How much faith did that man have? The answer is, Sister Tosh, he had enough faith to come and ask Jesus. He had enough faith to come. See, see you never ask anything of anybody that you don't believe can help you. And the whole idea, the very idea that you would ask anybody to help you is a praise all by itself. It's a form of worship all by itself. How much faith do I need? You don't need a whole lot 
According to scripture, you just need faith the size of a grain of a mustard seed. You just need enough faith to take the first step. That's all you really need. Whatever amount that is, all you need uh, when you're asking God to, to do something for you, hallelujah, is you've got to be able to take the first step. You've got to get your feet wet. If you're going to experience God's power, you've got to be a risk taker. If you need healing in your body, you've got to take the first step and take a risk. Hallelujah. The woman with the issue of blood would have died. Hallelujah. If she not, uh, uh, take, had not taken the risk of crawling through the crowd, doing something that she wasn't supposed to do. And not only did she not take one step, she crawled all the way to him and said within herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. If you need deliverance for your soul, it just means taking one step. Hallelujah. If you need healing in your body, it just means taking one step. Whatever it is, if you need your dream to come true, it means taking one step. If you need to be a witness to a miracle, it takes one step. And if you're willing to get out of the boat, if you're willing to take a risk on God, hallelujah, God will make it worth your while. Will somebody give God a praise in here? The miracle that you've been waiting for is waiting for you. But you've got to be willing to get your feet wet. Would you stand all over the building? I want to pray for someone. I believe that you've gotten the point. There needs to be a release of faith, but there needs to be a first step of action. You know what you're standing in need of. You know what you need God to do for you. And before I pray with respect to the general need of this audience, of our online audience, somebody needs to take the first step to get to know Jesus Christ. We've recently reorganized our outreach ministry and a part of our presentation suggests to us that there are a lot of people that want to be saved, but they just don't know how. And praise God, you're, you're here today. You're watching today because it's easier than you think. Word of the Lord says in Romans 10 and 9, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. And if you believe that today, I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. If you would just bow your heads and repeat after me, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I repent of my ways. Wash me in your blood and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross 
just for me. That you were buried. God the Father raised you from the dead on the third day. And right now, Lord Jesus, I open the door of my heart and I receive you into my heart to be my Lord and personal Savior. And I thank you now. Hallelujah. If you believe that, I just want you, wherever you are, to put your hands together and praise God for what he is doing. I encourage you to get in a good Bible-believing, spirit-filled church. You don't have one. We offer ours so that you might continue to learn and grow. But I want to pray because somebody here today needs the encouragement to take that first step. There's a blessing with your name on it. There is a miracle, hallelujah, that's right outside your ability to take this first step. And so I want to pray that you'd be willing to get your feet wet and take the risk. God said he'll make it worth it. Precious Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we come before you, oh God, with thanksgiving. Thank you for the privilege and the opportunity, God, that you've afforded us to communicate and share your word. Thank you for every open heart, oh God, every spirit, oh God, that's willing to accept and receive this word that you have spoken unto us. God, thank you. Hallelujah, that, you're, that, that, that we're in your thoughts and we're on your mind, that you've already made provision hallelujah for what it is that you want to do in our lives to encourage us to build up our faith to cause us to be strong and powerful in the Lord Jesus Christ so we pray Lord that you would arrest our hearts in the name of Jesus you told Joshua to be strong and be courageous I believe you're saying that to us on today as well hallelujah that we would be willing to take a risk with you so that we might experience the reward. So we ask now, Lord Jesus, that you would come, uh, hallelujah, uh, 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 like a mighty rushing wind. Hallelujah, you would fall upon each of us, oh God, like a mighty hammer, that you would rebuke the enemy that would come to steal and to kill and to destroy, to discourage us, Lord, uh, from taking this step. Rebuke him right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody needs this prodding. Somebody needs this unction. Somebody needs this assurance that you're the God of all comfort, that you're a faithful God, that you're true to your word, that you are trustworthy. Hallelujah. That you're reliable and that you're believable. In the name of Jesus, enable us, oh God, to experience what Peter experienced experience what Moses and Joshua experienced experience what Naaman experienced so that we have a testimony of our own that we serve a great and a powerful God Lord let it be unto us now according to the word that you have spoken the faith Lord that we would employ the action that we would take moving forward in Jesus' name we pray we say thank you, Lord. We say thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise and we give you glory now. Hallelujah. Knowing that you're going to do it. Hallelujah, Lord. Knowing that you're giving us the assurance 
that if we take the risk, Lord, you'll make it worth it. In Jesus' name, we say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. We're going to be leaving shortly, but before we do, I want to take this opportunity to open up the doors of Tabernacle of Praise Church. Thank you for listening today. If you want to learn more info about our church, visit us on our website at www.topchurchlv.com. We hope this message encouraged you to know you can live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us next week for another sermon to uplift your spirit. 